This is Made to Conquer, a podcast designed to inspire you to have a deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus told us to make every effort to enter through the narrow door so that when we stand before him, we hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hello, everyone. This is Tiana Showy, and welcome to the podcast, Made to Conquer. This comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 37, which is not what my hat says. My hat says 827 because I got the scripture wrong, but Romans 827 is a fantastic scripture. For the record, I have probably 20 hats sitting in my closet in inventory, and I sell them for $10 on the website, which is less than I paid for them because eventually we're going to... most likely maybe do another run of hats that actually have the scripture I intended to put on there, but these are great. Anyway, this was, I I guess I probably never talked to you guys about this, but I have a trucker hat, specifically trucker hat collection. I think some of it had to do with all my ultra running. A lot of swag is hats, but I, so I, in other words, I know which trucker hats are the good ones from the shape and the size. And these are the best. (laughs) I went through my probably 30 hats and picked out the one make and design and shape and fitting that was the best. And my best friend joined me on that process. So that's my long way of saying, uh, this trucker hat I'm wearing, I I have about 20 left in stock. If you guys want one, (laughs) well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for being here. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. I'm always excited. I just, I just feel like it's, it's fun being on a journey of learning from the Lord and what he has for us and where he's leading us. Before we jump into today's episode, just wanted to thank again, everybody who supports this podcast every month. It really does make a huge difference. And I, I don't talk about it a lot, but because I don't want to make this about me and I never want to make this about me. If, if you've ever been blessed by this podcast, it's because God is good. <laughs> I love the A.W. Tozer. I've been reading his book delighting in God. And he says, it's not that I'm a good preacher. It's that I have something good to preach. (laughs) And I feel like that I've listened to pastor Jack Hibbs a few times. And some of his sermons say, if you've ever been used by God, you know, it's not you, you're just overwhelmed by, by what he's doing through you. And, And I feel that way about this. And as I'm watching this podcast grow and grow and grow, I'm humbled by the fact that God would use me as his vessel. And so I just, I I get so many emails and comments and thank you guys for those of you who've taken the time to leave a review. It really does make a big difference in the algorithm, especially on Apple for people finding this podcast, leaving reviews. And so several of you have left left reviews. Thank you guys. It is just, it's just a privilege and a pleasure to be a part of the body of Christ and to be able to share this time with you. So thank you. And thank you for those of you who support this podcast. If you were able to see all the emails I get, um, you would be very, very grateful that God's allowing you to be a small part of this as well, because it's it's apparently, according to some people, <laughs> made some impact in people's lives. And, and I thank you for being a part of that. And then I also just want to give a shout out to my friends at Your Butterfly Box. So I got to tell you guys a little bit of a story about this. When the folks at Your Butterfly Box reached out to me, it at first I thought it was like a scam because I get scam emails all the time from people like, Hey, we've, you know, we want you to be on our thing. And then what they're actually doing is trying to sell you something. (laughs) And so I kind of, I feel bad, but I kind of blew them off. And then when I realized that it was a legitimate Christian company and, and I looked on their website and kind of checked them out and I was like, Oh yeah, I'd I'd be happy. And initially the conversation was, Hey, we're going to send you a box. If you don't mind unveiling it on your TikTok channel, that would be great. So long story made short, I I've now, had the privilege of being able to unveil and and get six, seven boxes. I don't know. I'd have to count, but in that process, I have also had the privilege of getting to speak with the founder of the company and kind of the first thing I, you know, I, I said to her after I met her was your story needs to be told. It's amazing. And I was always excited about the company because I, as I've mentioned before, I worked in a Christian bookstore as a teenager all through high school. And then the first year after I got out of high school, and then from there, I moved to Mexico on the mission field. So I have an affinity for, you know, the Christian community that, that takes time and energy to put together Christian materials. One of the things that I I hear people say, and I think I understand that they, they feel like they're sound they're um, when they say this, they feel like, you know, they're, they're being, 
they're well-intentioned, I guess is the best way of saying this. But when they say, you know, I can't believe that somebody would write a book and charge people for it about the gospel. And I'm like, well, I can, because I know how much work goes into writing a book about the gospel. Right. So it's not selling the gospel. It's, it's compensating people for the time that they take to put together the hard work it takes to help you understand the gospel in a slightly different way. And while some people think that's selling the gospel, I, I would say that there's a difference. There's a difference between, Hey, I want, I want you to, to get saved and know Jesus and you're right. We should not sell that. And I'm hundred percent on board with that. But when somebody takes the time to write a book or to create something designed to inspire you, we should be grateful as the body of Christ for them using their talents and be willing to compensate them for their time. And this is, this is why the Bible teaches don't muzzle an ox while he treads grain. And Paul's specifically talking about paying for people who are in full-time ministry, helping them sustain themselves because they're working hard on your behalf. So anyway, when I saw what Butterfly Box was doing, taking everything together and consolidating these great Christian items, and with this mission to help women encourage them in their faith, I, I already liked the company. But once I got to know the founder a little bit and talk to her about what her story is and what her mission is, I'm even more excited to be working with and supporting this company. Uh, her story is not my story to tell. I'm not going to share it because you know she's working on getting it out there. But I will tell you that if you knew her story, you knew her heart you would be doing everything you can, not only to support this company by getting the boxes, but getting this out to your friends and your church body. And so I would really strongly encourage you, if you have a heart at all for ministering to women, seeing women grow in their faith, or just blessing women, consider partnering with Butterfly Box by purchasing their subscriptions, talking to your pastor's wife or the lady over your, your women's ministry. If you are that lady in women's ministry, you know, talk to, talk to the ladies about this. Um, you know, just, just see how you can use these boxes because I can tell you right now, I, I use the stuff all the time. So besides having, you know, the really amazing faith-based kind of stuff sitting around my house, I also love the books. I've read many of the books that they send. The tools have been become a, just a kind of a regular part of my routine with the Lord. And now that I know the founder's story a little bit more, I'm even more excited to, to just in, encourage you, inspire you, tell people about this company. This is a great opportunity for you, not only to bless other women, but to bless a, you know, a family and a group of ladies who's working very hard with a mission, a heart, and a beautiful story that is going to reach, you know, in my opinion, you know, tens of thousands of women in this country, because what I love about her story is she's, she's like all of us, she's got her scars and she's not afraid to share them. And she wants to show them with all of us to say, look, if you feel like this, or if you've ever been here, or if you've ever been through the situation, God is good. And let me show you what he walked me through. And that's a lot of my heart behind this podcast. I'm not here to, to be some great Christian influencer or, you know, make a name for myself. I'm here because God has done great things in my life. And I want to encourage you. I want to share with you. I want to tell you that, that God's got it. He's got something for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He has a mission for your life. He believes in you. He loves you. He is, he sees the things that you're walking through and he's going to walk through you with them and nothing is irreparable in your life. And so I just, I just want to encourage you with that. And that's why I love butterfly box. And so just as a quick reminder, you go to yourbutterflybox.com. They give a special discount to anybody who, you know, who learns about them from me and you can share this code with anybody. It's Tiana Showy Bogo. And when you sign up for a three month subscription, you get an extra box your first month. It's a, it's a unique box as, as that's your buy one, get one free. And so if, if you sign up for the three month subscription, you technically get four unique boxes the three for the subscription and then the BOGO, which comes with that first monthly subscription. And I've got all this on my website, made to conquer podcast.com. Uh, I also want to just give a big shout out to Lena for all her help. We're kind of revamping the website and she's been helping me with that. So thank you, Lena, for all of your help and volunteering your time to help with that. So with that said, um, let's just open up this time in prayer. And then let's dig into talking about what I'm excited to talk about today. So let's pray. Heavenly father, we just thank you. Lord, it's when we look back at, at the history of how you've built your church, Father, it, you know, the early believers had your apostles for those that had the privilege of being able to connect with your apostles. And then throughout the, the centuries, you know, we've had brothers and sisters who've worked hard to get the word of God to us, who've worked hard to keep pushing the faith, who've worked hard to help us learn 
what your word says and and how you're how you're working in and through us. And so, Father, it's such a privilege to be a Christian today, right now, where we have so many tools and so many things at our disposal that allow us to just dive deep into you. And having podcasts, having online Bibles, having full Bibles are are some of those things, and we're so thankful for that. And so, Lord, we just ask that as we have this abundance of of ability to connect with you in our lives, Lord, that we would not take that for granted. Father, we just ask that these tools, Lord, would not just be a way for us to get another notch on our belt, another check mark off our box, another, I'm so great because I did the thing, but rather it would just truly be an opportunity for us to sit at your feet, Jesus, and, and allow you to do a work in our lives. And so I, I give this time to you. I ask for this podcast, Lord, I ask that you would lead this. This is your podcast. And I pray that you would lead it. I pray for everybody that's listening. I just ask that you would, if you have something you want to speak to them, that you would stir in their heart, Father, and that this would be your message and Lord, that you would do a work in their lives. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, those that you've knit together, Jesus, for your kingdom. This is this is your church. That we are your people. We belong to you. And so, you know, as as your church, as your people, Father, we just come together now and we just ask that you do work in us, that you would build us up, strengthen us, prepare us, use us, Father, and that we would be good stewards of everything that you've given us. So we give you this time, Holy Spirit, lead, lead this time, fill me and speak through me. And Lord, please just reach out to my brothers and sisters who are listening to this as well. And Lord, may this bless them. And we thank you. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, the Lion of Judah, Jesus. Amen. So today's topic we're going to talk about is storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, I've talked about this before and, and alluded to, but I actually want to make this the focus of today's podcast. What kind of, you know, again, every time I, I do one of these, I say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And, you know, he's, he's, always, he's always saying to me, what am I teaching you? And what was interesting is we are, you know, I'm recording this kind of, um, a few days before the podcast episode is is due, actually the day before it's due. I should let me be completely honest. <laughs> this is going to be launched tomorrow, and we're in the middle of the Ukrainian Russian war. And I'm not going to talk a lot about that because we got we we got great things to talk about. But what's becoming evident, and and what I'm seeing from Bible teachers that I trust, and just what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this podcast, I was kind of going back and thinking about that. I haven't really told that story. You know, I told you the story about the Lord telling me to start this podcast, but I was out fasting and praying around the time of the presidential election. And I really just sensed from the Lord, you know, him saying, you know, it's it's not about the election. I'm going to, I'm in control of who's, who's going to be president of this country. But what I want you to do is I want you to encourage and strengthen your brothers and sisters, equip them for battle. And and that, and I didn't, I don't mean that in a physical battle, but I mean, you know, I think for so long we have been able to live in, in quote unquote peace that many of us who are listening to this, we've never lived through a major war. That wasn't the case for most of humankind. In fact, I was talking to a historian today and he pointed out to me, like, we're the first generation that, that has lived without major warfare as a, as a normal part of our lives, you know, because before that war was just kind of an ongoing normality. And so for a lot of people, this is very shocking because we read about these things in history books, but now here it is happening before us. And so as I'm, you know, as I'm processing all this, everybody's processing this in a different way, right? Obviously, and and we will close by the way, praying for the people of Ukraine. I don't want to, I don't want to miss that. But as we're going through all of this, what I'm being reminded of is that all of this is getting us closer to the return of Jesus. And he said these were the wars and rumors of wars. He said these were going to be the things that de- that defined the beginning of when he was going to come back. And as I listen to Bible teachers and and I realize that we're getting closer. I made a video just encouraging people on TikTok. Hey guys, don't worry about it. God's got this. Don't stress. Don't, don't get caught up in the hype of this. I'm not a media fan for this very reason, because if, if, you know, people are sitting stressing about things we can't control, you're, you're, you're missing what God wants you to be doing right here and right now. And somebody wrote, and, and it was, it was a beautiful comment and I'm in no way criticizing this person at all, because I felt like this at one point in my life, I'm not ready for Jesus to come back. I just had a baby and, and thankfully some very wise, you know, godly people stepped in and enjoy your baby. I, I understand what you're saying, but it, it got me thinking, it got me thinking. And there's, I, I, like I said, I do not want to in any way criticize this, this, you know, young lady at all, because we've all been there, but 
part of part of what all of this is doing for me is it's getting me more and more excited about eternity. I I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not in any any hurry to vacate the premises, but the longer that things go on, the the more that sin becomes normalized in our culture, the more that things are moving in a certain direction, the less at home I am here on earth and the more I long for my heavenly home. And so you know, what, what, what the Lord is doing in me is he's, he's changing where my treasures are. And for such a long time, my treasures were here on earth. And I was actually talking to another Christian believer. And we were talking about the fact that in, in many parts of this world, and even some people who are listening to this now, I, I, I look and I look at the reviews and, or excuse me, I look at the, the stats sometimes, and I can see that there are listeners all over the world in, in some of the places like Africa, for example, where you don't necessarily have the absorbent abundance that we do here in the United States. For some places in the world, it's easier for some people to make heaven and storing their treasures in heaven because they don't have a lot here on earth pulling them and making them choose. But if you're listening to this from, you know, a, a first world country or a very wealthy position, you have to choose. You have to choose sometimes on a regular basis you know, between the things of this life that are pulling you versus the things storing up your treasures in heaven. And so as I began to kind of work through this, I just began to pray and ask the Lord to show me what does it actually mean to store up treasures in heaven? And I've kind of had a vague concept of that, but I thought this is a great way to kind of dig into that. And as I was praying about that, the Lord gave me the, the perfect passage to open this with. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through Colossians chapter three, and we're going to go through a long passage. So if you're following along in your Bibles, open to Colossians chapter three, and we're going to read verses one through 17. We're going to go through the first, basically the first three quarters of Colossians chapter three. But in this, in this chapter, it's going to hit on so many of the things that it means to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. We're going to dive into this and I'm very excited about this. So in Colossians chapter three, verse one, since then you have been raised with Christ. Okay. So because you're born again and you're a new believer, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Number one, Get your heart where your master is, where the one you're living for is, where Christ is. Set your hearts where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. So in here, we see a distinction between our mind and our heart, and we're going to dig into that more as we go into this. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, okay? Remember, when we chose to follow Jesus, we died to our old self. We died to our old life for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Verse four. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So just let's just go through again the main things we hear. Because we're born again, our hearts should be set where Jesus is in heaven. And we should set our minds on the things in heaven, not here on earth, because when we, because we're, we died and now our, our life is hidden in Christ. And so when Christ, who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And so this is just a shifting of identity. It's who is your life. It's this understanding. And I've talked about this in other podcast episodes. It's this, I no longer think of myself as a, a, my my loyalty, my being, my identity is being a creature of planet earth. I am a born again, new creation of heaven. And my life is with Christ. The one who is my life is my life is hidden in him. And so I want my heart and my mind to be focused on the one where my life is in heaven. So here we give, we are given practical things to do to set our minds and hearts on Jesus. Verse five, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So the first thing you got to do is kill the flesh. They genuinely kill it. Die, die. Sexual immorality. This is a big one. I haven't touched on this a lot. I've, I've, I've tiptoed around it, but I saw an Instagram post that was extremely disturbing on the statistics of the number of pastors that regularly access porn. And it was something like 50% and congregants around 63%. I, I'm not going to harp on this other than to say you cannot look at pornography and be walking simultaneously in the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have to quench the Holy Spirit to look at pornography. 
Those two things cannot exist in the same space. Now, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit flees from you, but you have to silence the Holy Spirit to go look at pornography. Pornography is a sin, period. It is adultery. It is fornication. And it is lust. It is, it is, it is breaking one of the basic 10 commandments because Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. I'm not going to harp on this, but I just want to point out that there are so one of the lies that the enemy tells us is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What I can do these little things behind closed doors and they don't impact other people. When I saw those numbers, I was really disturbed by that. Part of sexual immorality is pornography, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Okay. (laughs) Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. This is what is documented for us in the book of Revelation. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all things such as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Oddly enough, one of the ways that I can tell if somebody is spirit-filled or not is this is list is that if you compare this to the the fruit of the spirit in Galatians, they are in contrast with each other, but I've had a few, and I'm not going to name this because this is not the point of today's podcast, but there is a group I will say on TikTok that dominates and they appear to be a Christian group at first glance. But when you start to dig into their doctrine and theology, they are a cult. And a lot of, I see a lot of influencers and, and that just sadly consider them just misguided Christians. But what I, what I learned and as I prayed about it and I watched their behavior is that they are not filled with God's Holy spirit. They are not led by God's Holy spirit. They are clearly led by demonic spirits. And one of the ways that I could tell is how violent, aggressive, mean, condescending, and uh, you know, their, their behavior is very consistent with the, with people who are openly demon possessed. And by the way, if you spend any amount of time (laughs) on TikTok, they are the openly demon possessed on that platform. And so, you know, they, they, they are full of rage, slander, malice, and filthy language. And so it's pretty obvious, like the Lord just kind of showed me like, Tiana, I don't talk to people like this when I would see the way that they would spam my comments. And so, you know, I have a hard time when I have to block somebody and I block these people because I now realize they're a cult and I don't want young believers to be influenced by them. These people have made their decision and it, you know, it's up to the Holy spirit now for them to be repent, but I'm not going to subject potential young, immature believers because I have seen there's one particular Christian influencer on TikTok who she has fallen to this and it's really breaking my heart. And I just, I'm praying for her because they're so convincing in their arguments, but it's so doctrinally unsound what, what they're teaching. And so I'm, I just block them. I just block them. And it was hard for me to do that, but the Lord showed me they they behave more like here, like what, what is described about in verse eight here. So verse nine, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So we are, we, our new self is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any one of you has grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I did a blog about that this week. If you get a chance to read it about mercy. Verse 14, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. So going back all the way up to the top. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on the things above where Christ is seated, set your mind on the things above. And so he gives us all these examples. Paul gives us all these examples of what to do. And then he wraps it up here and he says, whatever you do, 
whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that is that is the first step to understanding what it means to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Think, put your mind and heart where your treasure is, where Jesus is, and let your life, let everything in your life reflect that. Get rid of the filth, get rid of the slander, get rid of the malice, be united with your brothers and sisters, and everything you do, let that flow from that. So I thought that was a great way to introduce this topic. So now what we're going to do is we're going to jump over to the book of Matthew, where Jesus teaches this concept. We're just going to see what Jesus has to say about it and why this is so important. So in Matthew chapter six, verse 19, Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, but where thieves and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. That's why in Colossians, Paul specifically says, set your heart on Jesus, where you're, where, where you're like, he is your life. He should be our treasure. He should be where we are focused. And to drive that point home, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body and your eyes. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. So where you're looking, where your gaze is going to be, is going to be determining what comes into your heart. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. <laughs> Either you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so Jesus is saying, you know, your, your treasure, don't love the things of this world, love what God has for you in heaven. And this is what Colossians is saying. Keep your eyes on the one where your life is in Jesus. Keep your eyes focused up on Jesus. So as I started thinking about this, I thought, okay, you know, that that's great. But in order for me to store myself treasures in heaven, in order for me to deny myself here and now, in order for me to deny my flesh, and in order for me to make the sacrifices required to store up for myself treasures in heaven, I have to believe that it's worth it. You have to believe that this is worthwhile, not just because Jesus said, but, but that, that there's that, that, Doing this will produce an eternal benefit. It's not just something nice to do, but there's eternal ramifications for this. And I could do a whole podcast on the, on the fact that God promises to reward us, but I want to take one quick scripture from the book of Hebrews and remind you why, why we want to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, because right now in eternity, or excuse me, in time, it's so easy to forget that we are eternal beings and that this is a vapor or a mist is how the Bible describes our life here on earth. This is going to be so gone and come and gone so fast. I want to, I want to pause real quick to drive this point home. Have you ever had something you've been looking forward to in the past? Think of something in the past that you were just beyond yourself excited, looking forward to. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's spending time with somebody you love. Maybe it was finishing like I this big, dumb diploma behind me when I finished that. That was like something I was looking so forward to. And I could imagine myself. I could feel myself. I could hear myself. I could see myself finishing up that, that last test to earn that certification. Have you ever had something you've been looking so forward to? And the anticipation builds, the anticipation builds. It comes and goes. And before you know it, it's gone. And now you look back and you're like, wow, that happened so fast. That is a window into what our life here on earth is going to be like right now. It's all we know until we start to begin to make Jesus our treasure. And we start to think about heaven. It's so easy to think and and to get caught up in. This is it. It's so easy to let our perspective shift. Part of why we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, which is what we're told to do in Hebrews, what what we were just told to do in Colossians, why we want our treasure to be in heaven is because when we shift our gaze up, our perspective changes. And it makes it easier for us to understand that these trials and tribulations that we face are temporary. This is not our life. This is not it. This is just the first step in what will be an eternity of pleasure, an eternity of joy and eternity of peace. The Bible promises us that there's no suffering, that there's no crying, that there are no more tears in heaven. It is truly, we're going to be living in in eternity in existing in the design that God originally had for us, which was without sin. So it was perfect. (laughs) So when, when we change our perspective, when we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, 
it's, it's, if we don't shift our perspective, if we don't think about eternity, it's so easy to let the circumstances of life feel bigger and become bigger than they really are. One of the sayings that I literally have on my computer, and I just peeled this off of my, my screen. Now you can't really see it in the light. It says, anytime I am, I am impressed with the size of my problem. I have lost sight of the size of my God. It's so easy when we are living and we are trudging through the day to day to forget that this is such a small part of our life, just like that memory we thought about was so quick to come and go. So it will be when we look back on our life on earth, we'll go, I can't believe I used to think that was such a big deal because in light of eternity, it's nothing, it's nothing. (laughs) And so in order to, to make this conscientious decision to say, I am going to start thinking of myself as an eternal being. I'm going to start soaring up for myself treasures in heaven. I'm going to make sacrifices now for, for my, in, I'm, I'm going to give up instant gratification for delayed gratification. I'm going to hide my life in Christ. I'm going to make my treasure, my value, the things that I pursue in Christ. We have to believe that we're going to get rewarded for it. We have to believe that it's worth it. We have to believe that we're not just giving up something for nothing. And so I think it's important to be reminded that God is good. And so what what does Hebrews chapter 11 say about this? Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Part of the reason why the Lord tells us to put our treasure in heaven is because not only will it make these circumstances that we're dealing with easier to deal with because we get them in perspective of this really sucks, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But also because we're going to be rewarded when we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. What God does is he creates an exponential factor. This is what the parable of the talents is about. When, when the, the one that received two and the one that received five made, made five and 10 talents with it, they were rewarded for that. They were blessed. And so there is there. It's not just the fact that we get better perspective and better hope here on earth, but in heaven, our eternity, we're, we're building into a bank account that has an eternal value. It never goes away. That's something we can't grasp because there's nothing on this planet right now that is not perishing. <laughs> so just, we just have to remember that the reason why we're doing this is because we trust God and we believe God. And we trust that when he says he's going to do something for us, that he's actually going to to do it. So I wanted to, as I was thinking about this, I said, okay, so what are some good examples of, of people who have stored up for themselves treasures in heaven? And what does that actually look like? And then we're going to go through three steps on how we can begin to practice storing ourselves treasures in heaven. Now, one of my all-time favorite Bible characters, and I talk about him a lot, because maybe I have a slight Bible crush on him, <laughs> is King David. I I have since a young child prayed that the Lord would give me a heart like King David. And I hope that you're praying the same thing too, because King David just has such an incredibly beautiful heart. But let me, let me read to you. We're going to read two Psalms. We're going to read Psalm 25 and, and Psalm 27 to give you an example of what, what the heart of somebody who stores their treasure in heaven looks like. So if you're following along, open your Bible to Psalm 25. Verse one, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. Boom. Mic drop. That that right there says everything we need to know. You don't realize this right now, but and we're all guilty of this, so I'm not picking. I don't realize this. I feel better when my bank account's a little bit more cushy. I feel better when the house is clean. I feel better when we have all these little things that are superficial that we put our trust in. When we shift and we truly 100% make our rock Jehovah Jireh, then all of these other cares go away very simply. So David, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. Verse two, I trust in you. Do not let me put to shame, be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. I want you to say this to yourself a thousand times a day, if you have to, to get your heart and mind to believe that God is good and he's going to take care of you. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Verse four, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. So David understands that part of storing your treasure in heaven is that you're asking the Lord to lead you, guide you. You want him to be the director of your life because 
we know that when, when he's leading us, he's leading us into eternal things, right? Because my hope is in you all day long, not just in the morning when I do my devotions, not just at night when I close my, my eyes, but all day long, hundred percent of the time, our hope is in Jesus. Remember Lord, your great mercy and love for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me for you, Lord, are good. It's changing. I had to turn the page. <laughs> Excuse me. Good, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. Not some of the ways, not most of the ways. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the demands of his covenant for, for the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord for only he will release my feet from the snare. You know, one of the things that I I find interesting is if we take biblical Christianity at its face, at face value, it's pretty radical. (laughs) And that's really kind of what I'm getting at the heart of here. It's pretty radical. It's my eyes are ever on the Lord. We become, when you truly walk in the way that God is asking us to walk, we are to become obsessed, obsessed with him. Because that is the, our nature. Our nature is to worship God. And when we aren't worshiping him, we're going to be worshiping or idolizing something else. Maybe it's pleasure. Maybe it's downtime. Maybe it's making money, whatever it is. And so this is why David's saying, my eyes are ever continually, constantly on the Lord. Turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in my, because my hope Lord is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. That's what a heart who stores his treasure in heaven looks like continually gazing, putting his hope, trusting everything is always about God first. And so let's read Psalm 27, which is very similar. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Right now, as we're watching another country invade another country and and what could end up being a major world war, we shouldn't be worried. We don't have anything to worry about. Our eyes are fixed in heaven. Our eyes on Jesus. He is our light and our salvation. I have nothing to fear because the Lord is the stronghold of my life. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Verse four, this is what a heart with that is focused on heaven looks like one thing I ask from the Lord and this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I, I, I love, I mean, that's one thing I ask is to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent and set me up high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at this sacred tent. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy and I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call Lord and be merciful to me. Answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord. I will say my heart says of you, seek his face. Do not hide your face from me and do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, my God, my savior. Though my father and mother may forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, sprouting malicious accusations. I will remain confident 
of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. If there's one message I want to scream at the top of my lungs to anybody who's fearful or worried is I will remain confident, sure of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And then one other quick Psalm. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to touch on Psalm 84. David says this, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. If you want to know whether or not your, your heart is in heaven, your treasures in heaven, when you read these Psalms, Psalm 84, Psalm 25, Psalm 27, your heart and soul will cry out for God. You will go, yes, Lord. Yes. And for some of you who are hearing this, this resonates so deeply and your heart and flesh are crying out and you're saying, yes, Lord, you are my treasure. You are where I want to be. These Psalms just, you sense the Holy Spirit stirring in you. Now, some of you are saying, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> what, how do I get that? Well, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. I, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I promise. All right. So we are going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. We talked, we touched on Hebrews chapter 11 just a minute ago, but we're going to start in verse 13 now. And we're going to look at some, just some, one more example or one more passage here that talks about what it's like to have your treasure stored in heaven. And then we're going to go through three steps on how you can begin to store your treasure in heaven, have that shift in your heart. So verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. So understand and appreciate the fact that we're not going to see all these promises I just talked about on this side, because these are not temporary promises. These are eternal promises. And so what do you do? You, you keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes in heaven. You welcome them from a distance and you, you acknowledge, you understand, you reframe your identity, identity, admitting that you are a foreigner and stranger on earth. And when that happens, this is what 14 says. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. Verse 15, if they had been looking, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared a city for them. So why do we store our treasures in heaven? Because God is good, and he is going to reward us, and he is preparing a place for us. And this is the design that he created us for. These Psalms of David are not, oh, that's good for David. They are for us. This is the relationship. This is the passion. This is the this is what God has called us for. And this is why when Paul writes to the Colossians and says, set your heart, set your mind on the one in whom your life is hidden in Jesus. This is not just a nice, nice thing to know. It's, it's the way we are to think and to process what we read in from David, what we see here in Hebrews is the calling of the Christian. And so, you know, when, when we say store our self treasures in heaven, that means that our, our life, our heart, our mind, our being, the things that we're doing now are all being driven by the fact that I am temporary here. I'm a steward of these things. My real home, my, my value, the things that matter to me are seated with Jesus. He is the one I'm looking for. He is the one I'm investing my future in. In him, my life is hidden. So how do we do that? Well, heart check. What is the first commandment? Don't have any other gods before me. <laughs> so the first thing we've got to do is ask ourselves, what is competing in our heart? What do we value above God? Well, the good news is, is that the Psalms give us a couple things to pray for. So in Psalm 26, verse two, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. We, we are blind sometimes to the things that have become idols in our life. This is, you know, as a coach, one of the things that I, I help do is I help provide perspective and insight that somebody else may not have in their own life because they're in their echo chamber. This is why I need a coach. This is why I have people. This is why I ask the Holy Spirit to search me and know me. 
also in Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thought. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The first thing to do is to ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse, to, to, to check us, to go through and show us where we have idols, show us where we have conflicting treasures, where, we have, where, where we're trying to serve two masters. Jesus says, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. He genuinely means this. James says you don't have because you don't ask. And when you ask, you ask with wrong motives. When you come to the Lord and you say, Father, I want to obey the first commandment. I want you to be my treasure. I want my treasure in Jesus. I want my heart and my mind and my soul to be heavenly focused. Show me, search me, know me, test me. He's going to (laughs) answer. Be confident in that. And so that's the first thing is do a heart check and ask the Lord to show you. I read from Psalm 139 and Psalm 26, verse two are two scriptures that are a great passage. And that was Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Pray over those, write those down and seek the Lord. And he will begin to show you the things in your life that are are causing you to try to serve two masters that are competing for his spot in your life. And then when you do that, when you ask him to show you, then the second thing to do Just ask the Lord to change you. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit leading in your life. Ask him to connect you to the vine. John chapter 15. So that way you can live like we read in Colossians. So you can live according to heavenly things. You set your mind on heavenly things. You live your life according to heavenly things. You die to your flesh. Ask the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see and ears to hear, to follow him, to die to yourself. So that way through the Holy Spirit, you can live like a person. You don't just, you don't just in your mind have your treasure stored in heaven, but in your actions and your deeds. This is what the book of James is about. It's not about earning your salvation by doing good deeds, but it's about allowing the evidence of your salvation to be expressed through the deeds that you live the way that you live. One of the things that Pastor Jack said that I thought was really great is he said, if the apostle James came and lived in your house, would he know that you were, that it was a Christian home? James and, and the reason for picking James is because James says faith without deeds is dead. In other words, if you truly belong to Jesus, then your life is going to reflect it. You're not trying to earn your salvation, but rather, excuse me, you're expressing your salvation through the way you live your life. So step two is just to pray and ask the Lord to produce that in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, you've got to think of yourself as a heavenly creature. You've got to re you've got to reestablish your identity and the Bible tells us how to do this. So in the book of Romans chapter 12 verses one and two, we are given the exact blueprint for how we do this. So Romans 12, one through two, I, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, the fact that he's let you off the hook and he's going to give you what you don't deserve. And he is not giving you what you do deserve offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You've got to be in God's word. You've got to be in regular prayer with the Lord. You've got to allow his word to transform the way that you think so you can offer your body as a living sacrifice. So you are not conformed to the pattern of this world because how do you store up for yourself treasures in heaven? You obey God. You say, yes, Lord. When he says, do you see that, that little old lady over there? I want you to take the $10 in your wallet and I want you to go hand it to her. Being obedient to the Holy Spirit when he tells you to do that is just as important as don't look at your brother or sister lustfully and and commit adultery. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Storing for ourselves treasures in heaven means we have a heart, mind, and soul focused on heaven. And then we are obedient to God in now. In the day-to-day, we are are living by the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit because we've asked him to fill us. We've asked him to lead us. And we are laying down our lives as a living sacrifice. This is what Jesus taught us about picking up your cross every day. And so when the Lord says to you, pray for that person, when the Lord says to you, keep your mouth shut, (laughs) when the Lord says you do that thing, when the Lord says to you, say that nice word to that person, when the Lord says you write that note to that friend, do it because that's how you store it for yourself treasures in heaven. 
He will reward those who diligently seek him. And we, the seeking of him means we're obeying him and we're walking in step with him. And we're following the things that he's asking us to do. So the third thing you have to do is be in, be in God's word, being transformed, being in relationship, asking the Holy spirit to fill you, and then start acting in obedience to the things that the Lord is calling you to do. And it's not always going to make sense. It's not always going to feel good. It's not always going to add up. I, I, you know, something I have just continued to live in as the enemy is just challenging me on everything I do lately is obey God and let him deal with the consequences. The Lord has asked me to make some very bold statements in a, on a public platform. And every time I go to do it, or every time I go to post this podcast on LinkedIn, the enemy whispers in my ear, you can't put stuff about Jesus on the, in, in the business world. That's not okay. You're going to lose your job. And Jesus says, if I'm telling you to post your podcast on LinkedIn, I'm going to deal with the consequences. The people in the business world need to hear about Jesus just as much as the people on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform the Lord gives me. I'm okay with making a fool of myself in front of mankind if God's saying to do it because he, has, he wants me focused on eternal things. Part of storing up for yourself treasures in heaven means doing things that aren't going to make sense right now. They're going to be out of sync with the way that the world's doing things. It's, you're going to hear the enemy telling you, don't do that. Don't do that. I told you this. I think, I think I mentioned this in my last podcast or the one before that I read Louis Giglio's book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Amazing book. Because part of not giving the enemy a seat at our table is not giving him a voice in your head. And he doesn't want you to talk about Jesus. He doesn't want you to obey Jesus. He doesn't want you to die to yourself. He wants to keep you hooked on sin and separate from God and distracted with the cares of this world and focused on the temporary, not on the eternal. This is a real battle. These are, these are, this, these are eternal things at stake. He wants you focused on the temporary and not the eternal. And it's going to be scary and it's going to be brave. And God's going to say, I want you to march up to that wall and I want you to lap around it seven times. And then, and then you're going to find yourself sometimes like Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you're going to be the only one standing and a fiery furnace is going to be blazing for you. Or you're going to be like Daniel and you're going to keep praying, even though it's been decreed that you'll be thrown in the, the den of the lions, or you're going to be like Paul and you're going to keep preaching, even if it means you're going to go to jail and you're going to keep guys. It's not the things that it means to store for yourself treasures in heaven means that the things that we're going to be doing on this life aren't going to make sense. They're not going to make sense to us. Sometimes they're not going to make sense to the world, but, but God sees a bigger picture. He sees something greater. I had somebody say to me, I'm so worried about Christian persecution that may be coming. And I was like, why do you know what God does with Christian persecution? If you go to the book of acts, one of my favorite scriptures, and it's a tragic story of the stoning of Stephen. You guys know the story. Stephen's preaching God's, the Holy Spirit's working through him. And then this, uh, then this evil man is uh, standing at the, at the foot of, and Saul approved of their killing of him. Saul is standing there at the stoning of Stephen, Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Lord Jesus received my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sins against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep and Saul approved of their killing of him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Verse four, when we scroll, oh, Acts chapter eight, verse four, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. God said, all right, Stephen. Come home. I'm going to, I miss you. I want you to be here. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to scatter the believers because it's great that you guys have had all this time together, but it's time to go get the gospel out like Jesus told you to do. So I'm going to scatter you. And they started preaching the gospel everywhere they went. God took a seemingly horrible situation and he brought a son home and he spread the gospel and he used that to get a hold of Saul's heart, who later, who, who we now refer to as Paul. So my point being this, Storing up for yourself treasures in heaven is going to take courage. It's going to be scary at times. It's not going to make sense. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to go against the grain. You're going to have to do things that are uncomfortable. That's what being a Christian is. That's what Jesus told us it was. But the reason we do it is because God loves us. He is good. He's going to use these things for our good. And he's going to use it to advance his kingdom. And the best part of this whole deal is 
He leads us. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. He rewards us. He blesses us. We just show up and, and play along with what he's saying. And then he gives us a reward for just saying yes to him. There's no better deal alive. <laughs> There's, you're not going to get a better deal than this deal. So I just want to, I just want to encourage you. If you struggle, if you feel struggled and torn between what God's calling you to do and what the world's calling you to do, yes, it's going to take courage. Yes, it's going to take doing things that seem nonsensical, but it will always be worth it. Always be worth it. So let's close in prayer and let's pray for the people of Ukraine as we close. And um, yeah, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. <laughs> we thank you, Lord, that ah, <laughs> you made us. You, bre- you put breath in our lungs. And, it, and it's all for your glory. We're here for your, your delight. And thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of life. So easy to take the things that you've given us for granted because they're so normal to us. The breath in our lungs. But Father, that breath is yours. You breathed it into dirt and made us. Lord, may we never take for granted even the simple things like the breath you put into our lungs. Ah, what a gift it is. Father, we just pray that you would teach us to store ourselves for ourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus, I just pray that right now for everybody listening to this, Father, that anything from this world that is holding them back, any lies that the enemy is distracting them with, anything that is keeping them from abandoning everything for you, Lord, that you just release them from it, free it from them, give them wisdom to see. And Lord, give us a heart like David, where we just yearn for you. We long for you. And obedience to us is, it may, may cost us something, but it's just so, it's just such a non-brainer. It's a no-brainer for us because we know that when we say yes to you and we say no to everything else, Father, that it has eternal value, not just for us, but for everybody whose life you decide and you choose to use through us. Father, right now, it's the world's a confusing place. But God, you're God, and we thank you that you are seated on the throne. And Lord, we just lift up the people of Ukraine to you and everything that's happening in Europe. And Father, none of this is a surprise to you. <laughs> you see the heart and minds of, of the leaders behind all of this and, and whatever else may be at stake that we don't know or we're distracted by or being manipulated by all of these things. Lord, we just know that you're God and you're in control. We just pray for the innocent lives of those that are, are being used while the enemy is doing what he does best, killing, destroying, and lying. Father, you, you, you're, throughout your word, you just demonstrate this beautiful ability to allow the enemy to dig his own hole and fall in it. And we pray that just whatever he's trying to do here, Lord, that is outside of your will, Father, that, that he would just fall into whatever pit you've designed for him to fall into. Protect the innocent lives, Lord, be with them. And use this to create massive revival amongst your people, like we read in Acts chapter 8. Lord, may you get the glory for this. Lord, I don't think it's any coincidence that the president of Ukraine is Jewish. Rather, you have a special anointing and blessing over your people, those that you've called your own. And we just pray that that special anointing would, would be poured out. You said that there's going to come a time in the end times when the blessing of your people is so evident that people are just looking to grab onto the hems of those who are of the seed of Abraham. And Lord, we just pray that your supernatural provision over your chosen people, the ones to whom you made the promise to Abraham and the ones at whom we get to inherit that promise as Gentiles as well, Lord, because your grace is extended to us. Father, we just pray that it would be so evident in this time. Show your mighty arm, Lord. We just love seeing you on display when the enemy tries to destroy life. Father, you come in and you do a beautiful thing with it. And we just pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in all of this. Protect these innocent lives. Sue these hearts that are breaking over the loss and, and just father, do what you're so good at. You can, you can nudge any, anything that is meant for evil. You can nudge it in the direction for good. And we just pray that whatever evils was intended, Lord, you would turn into good, protect these people and lead and guide our world towards your return. Jesus, we long, we are waiting. Please hurry. Please do not delay. We are anxious for your thousand year reign where you will make all things right. Until then, Lord, just continue to, to bring people into the kingdom. We know that's what you're waiting for. <laughs> or just show us what we have to do to continue to spread the gospel so you can come back. You said that, that this gospel will be preached to the nations before you return. And we just pray that we would be faithful in helping serve that purpose. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we pray this in the precious name of you, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this time blessed you. Again, um, I, I'm not asking for reviews for myself, but if this podcast has blessed you and, and you would like, you know, to help bless other people, please leave reviews. Cause again, that 
works that helps with the algorithm. And I think we do what the first and third Wednesday of every month. So I'll see you guys in two weeks. This, this actually March has three Wednesdays. So we're going to only have two episodes this month, but three weeks. So there's going to be a little bit of a long gap. Y'all will be fine. You don't need me. I'm just a vessel. Use that extra time to spend time in the word with the Lord by yourself without my voice in your head. <laughs> and so thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I, you know, I love you guys, my brothers and sisters. I'm such a, I'm, I'm looking forward to marriage supper of the lamb where we get to celebrate together. And, and the fact that we're on this journey together, I look forward to holding all of you in my arms, hugging you and just celebrating, celebrating the fact that the Jesus knit us together is one body. You are my body. You are my brothers and sisters. And, and I love you guys. And I'm praying for you. I pray for you often. Be strong and courageous. Time is short. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Made to Conquer. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends and family, anyone else you think would enjoy joining us on this journey of drawing closer to Jesus.